Welcome back, Achievers, to your Easy Achievers Game Podcast for the week of August 18th, 2023. I'm one of your hosts. 2023. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, that is the wrong year. Whoa. Yeah. 2022. I'm so sorry. 22. Uh, 2023 is in my mind because I'm thinking of all the upcoming games. Because this is a this is basically a year of like, next year's going to be good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, this year's like, uh, can't wait for next year. I have a I have a video game question for you. But oh, a, a little later, a little later. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, of course, the beautiful tones that you're listening to right now is Pastor Christian from PXM Podcast and Popcorn Pod. How are you? Oh, hello. I don't know why I moaned. It's, uh, it's 10 a.m. I'm good. still drinking my coffee. I've been busy, but mm. otherwise, I'm doing well, surviving the heat. Um, yeah. How are now you? I'm I'm great. And thank you for asking. First off, second off, now if you follow my Twitter. You realize that last night I was tweeting about episode 151 of the PXM podcast because you guys. Mm, sit break there because you guys ranked the 2000s best exclusive games for each platform, starting with PC, Xbox, Nintendo, Nintendo Switch, sorry, Nintendo and PlayStation. Yeah. Um, Devastating. You want to explain yourself or should uh should I? Because. So- this was yeah. this was great to watch. First off, go check out the video. This was very fun. But um you let me down. Final Fantasy X died I way too soon. Down. Way too soon. Um I bribed you specifically for this to to get to the finals and you just didn't let it happen. And Well To say well, I was I, disappointed would be an understatement, Christian. What was it going up against in the bracket? Like it, it made it past Grand Something Turin, that no. wasn't Final oh, no, Fantasy X. Yeah, kills. It was not gonna oh, win over Uncharted 2. Zone. I'm sorry. Uncharted like, 2. <laughs> like maybe if the conversation was Final Fantasy 7 remake somehow, <laughs> like maybe there'd be more of a conversation. But yeah, over 10? Yeah, there was not gonna win. How over dare two. you, sir? Yeah. How dare you? Uncharted yeah. 2, of course, a fantastic game. I am joking. I would probably also have picked Uncharted 2, but I have to play up the character a bit. Kingdom Hearts 2 also kind of did the that that's also a game near and dear to my heart. Also died on the on the vine, but again, reasonably died. I think it was up against something. Um, what was it up against? I think it. I, oh Unch- no, it was Uncharted Two as well. Uh, yeah, yeah, because yeah, it got to the it, semifinals, right, or something. Yeah, yeah, not the semi-quarterfinals. It got to the quarterfinals, then it died as well. To Uncharted Two again. Uncharted Two, great. Not as a uh, Uncharted Three though is better. I agree. Thank you. I don't know why that was a thing. That was a huge thing. It was like the first big internet thing that happened when I was kind of slowly getting into like gaming. And everyone's like right. crazy when Uncharted 3 got a 10, and people were like, oh, if that's a 10, then Uncharted 2 is an 11, or whatever the hell. And I'm like, that's not how numbers work. Yeah, I don't think that's how it works. But Uncharted 3, great game. Uncharted 2, phenomenal game as well. By the way, thanks for stopping by and chat. That was a lot of fun to have. Oh, like, it's so you fun. Sway votes a certain way. Oh, it's so and fun. Just, like, made for a good, uh, I think, a good bracket. I should have went to Twitch. Now, I, uh, for some reason, Twitch was messing up, so I couldn't find you guys. So I just went to YouTube. Super delayed oh, though, sorry. so I got. Fi- I, I think Twitch is probably the better way of interacting with you guys. Because when mm, I put it in YouTube, it's like it's like six seconds, and I'm like, all right, well, I'm putting in quips, and by the time you read it, you already moved on. I'm like, ah, we're already moved fine. on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's yeah. awkward. <laughs> mm, Anyways, this is not a PXN fan cast. No, this is a video gaming podcast. We come to you every single Friday on the podcast service that you enjoy and YouTube services. If you like this, remember like, subscribe, share. You know what to do. Let's get into rapid fire. This is a long show for you this week. 
Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Let's talk a little bit about that. Activision Blizzard ahead of its October 28th launch for Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Announced this week you'll be able to play the campaign early, starring October 20th. But only if you have pre-ordered it digitally. A lot of canceled pre-orders, I'm sure, around Best Buy and GameStops all over the planet to make sure they can get it digitally so they can play a week early. Yes. This week, Overwatch added cross-progression and account merging. This happened August 16th, and this will prepare people for the Overwatch 2 launch. Remember, you'll be able to play on any platform and progress your character. I'm going to save this next one for the very last of Rapid Fire, because I'm very curious what your thoughts are. Let's quickly go over. Private Division announced a partnership with Weta Workshop to publish a new game in the Metal Earth universe of J.R.R. Tolkien's Lord of the Rings franchise. We will be talking about Lord of the Rings in depth in a little bit, so don't worry about that. We're actually going to probably go back to that uh, in the show. Uh, Winter Soldier is the next hero in Marvel's Avengers. And then lastly, and I don't know if you saw this, Christian. I've been playing Cult of the Lamb. This is kind of half what have you been playing, half Rapid Fire. Let's play Cult of the Lamb. I saw a lot of people on Twitter kind of complaining that it wasn't on X- Xbox Game Pass. And I wanted to bring this up and ask oh, you a question. Yeah. Game Pass... Great service, but it does seem like it's training people to not buy video games, especially yes. indie games um, in particular. And I saw this kind of discourse happening, and I, w- I, I would uh, I would have to be honest, it, it it did kind of upset me. I'm like, you know, buy the game. It was $24.99. I mean, incredibly reasonably priced, especially compared to some other game. Let's not forget, Quarry was $70. So this being $25 is just amazing. Now, what were your thoughts? Did you see this first off? And second, uh, do you agree with the kind of thesis that I pertain that Game Pass, although a great service, is training people on Xbox to not buy video games? Dude, I... Okay, I'm glad you brought this up because I saw a couple of blue check marks and, like, no no disrespect to the blue check marks. You hustled for it, whatever, I guess. Yeah, but, yeah. like, they were, you know, tweeting about their disappointment that uh, X game, or, you know, Cult of the Lamb specifically, yeah. was not on Game Pass. And, you know, when I found that, I was like, damn, it's not on Game Pass? But I still went out and bought it because I thought I the too. game, it's a Devolver Digital game and, I, and like I want to support cool games and like I'm, I was happy to give them my money. I did the same thing for Rollerdrome after doing a demo. Mm. I guess that's, you know, for what you've been playing, but I'll fine. go back. I think you're onto something there. I think there's a lot of people who are too used to kind of um, just getting games, con- this constant flow of games, uh, even newer games on an Xbox Game Pass. Like, yeah, it is creating some kind of sense of maybe entitlement yeah and maybe that has like a negative connotation to it and maybe rightly so it should probably um i don't think it's a good thing for the industry uh, i i love game pass I, I use it a lot for a lot of games um but i do start to question like one like how sustainable it is long term for like bigger projects but also like is it changing mentality for just like the everyday casual player of like oh new games coming out it's not on game pass well i'm not buying it or i'll wait till it's on game pass that might hurt the industry long run, even just like smaller games. So you're onto something. I agree. I, I think um, I wanted to bring up quickly. Um, Hades is actually leaving Game Pass. That's a game that I oh. widely, widely spouted yeah. on about when I started playing it. And I'm going to be buying the game because I'm probably never going to go back to playing it. And I probably will. Who knows? But I need to make sure to buy the game. I think we need to probably um, bolster in Game Pass if it will be quote unquote sustainable. First off, I don't care if it's sustainable, but if it will be in the continue of the service, then we should probably get behind buying the games that we enjoy inside of Game Pass. Maybe getting that 20% off to keep the game, I don't know, but maybe we should almost double dip or something, uh, or at least save it for when a game really hits home 
It's very special to you. Because Hades is definitely an example of that where I will be buying that. Uh, probably when I get off of this. To make sure I own it and also to make sure they get money. I want another game from them. Yeah. And, th- and that's, that's a good reminder too that if you do have Game Pass, you do get discounts on games. Yes. Um, you get 20% off thing- everything inside of Game Pass. Yeah. Which is awesome. Oh, I should, I should buy it soon actually before yeah. it leaves so I get that discount. Yep. Something I actually really liked about, about Sony, I guess I'll bring that up as well. Like they just launched their new service. Um, I think it's with, first of all, Game Trials, I think, I think it's just for premium it's members. It's just for think, premium, yeah. Which should be open to, to such a weird at the bare thing. minimum, bare such minimum, a, the bottom. Such a weird thing to put behind premium trial. What? Demos? However, is? however, yeah, that is weird. But like, if you do subscribe to like any kind of the plus services, you do get like a pretty hefty discount on, on these new games. Like they, they just started doing this and like roller drum is like $10 off. Oh, if you have, if you, which is nice. And like, I played the demo for five minutes and then I bought the game cause it was, it was good. I actually so. might buy that cause, um, I've heard a lot of people talking about it. I haven't played it. Um, Oh, I know. Uh, you know, let's just get into it. Uh, actually, Christian, I ask you every single week, my co-host, what have you been playing now? Roller drum specifically, you bring up, I've been wanting to try this out. So I just finished cult of the lamb. I beat the game fucking fantastic game i can't hold on imp- let's go back to cult of the lamb actually because you're okay. talking about it and okay, I, want okay. ta- I, have to, I want to talk about it too so cult of the lamb fantastic i mean really fan- i was spouting on about it on twitter it is a great great game it's a beautiful mixture of um moonlighter which is another game i loved uh mixed with uh, kind of like the animal crossing world building kind of aspect of uh of like making a town and recruiting people and things and and i just i fell in love with it from the get-go i really did i i, I remember picking it up and being like you know Let's try this out. A lot of people are talking about it. It looks fun. The art style is, I mean, art style is beautiful. I mean, really, yeah. at points, I'm just like, Jesus, someone made this, and it's it's incredibly beautiful. And upon playing it more and more, I just got addicted. It kept getting more cult members. The way you can upgrade your cults, I I there would be whole days where I wouldn't even leave. I would just stay in the cults and like keep uh, like getting food and making sure everyone was happy and building things and improving everything and then i would go out and get all the upgrades and things but i got addicted hard and i played that hard, like really hardcore for three four days until i beat it and i i can't recommend it enough it's 25 bucks if anything i said sounds any sort of good to you i think you'll love it iso christian what are your thoughts on cult of the lamb now hold on here oh. because if we're talking about the first half of Cult of the Lamb, I would wholeheartedly agree. I think Ooh. I was having a blast with the first half for everything you just said. The specifically the um the like island, whatever cult management yeah, is but, like yeah. is so much fun. It yeah. is it's it's I think what makes Cult of the Lamb so special is especially getting to name your characters and like yep. Uh, like you know i have i had an elijah in my game I did, oh did, I did you? you thank you so much yeah. i named everyone I, so i'll tell you really quick i named everyone a person and then they started dying and i was like ah oh, this is a little depressing <laughs> everyone's yeah, dying now <laughs> yeah oh no my christian died <laughs> i guess I'll, yeah, your, your elijah like, did, did die pretty just, quickly actually yeah yeah it makes yeah. sense makes sense um however i think I think the dungeon crawling is mm. good, not great, and it's hard because I think yeah. like when other roguelites have done it so well, like obviously I'm thinking of Hades, like oh. that game truly shines and nothing can compare yeah. in terms of it. I think this is like serviceable in comparison. Mm. Like it it's good, but like the problem for me is that when you start getting into like the second half, the gameplay loop is a bit too repetitive and it's it's too simple where it's like 
I'm not finding anything new even after I've upgraded stuff and you know discovered new weapons and gotten more curses. It still feels pretty samey and simplistic. Like I'm just tapping square a bunch and then dodging. Um, it's very like simple, yeah. Too, yeah, and then I think I had another problem too where later in the game as you start cultivating more people into your cult and having like larger groups, you start turn, getting like more bugs. Um, oh, so yes. like I was having I was having items disappear in in, oh. in my like place. Mm -hmm. um, I was uh, not being so cooking is a mini game. It, it's timed, and you mm -hmm. have to like finish it in the little green area to like su successfully cook. And because like I had a bunch of people in my cult, it would cause like f significant frame drops. Whoa! Where I was, like, okay. Not able to press X like where I was actually like where it was on the screen. I was mm -hmm. having a lot of burnt food. Um, and this then was on PS Five. This is on PS5. And okay. then problems in the dungeon as well, where like later levels, like you have enemies that like fly off screen and then come back in. They would mm. just disappear or they would come back in and then they would just like bug out and be invincible um, or I couldn't hurt them. They couldn't hurt me. And I'd have Whoa. to like abandon my my run, go back to the cult. And because I abandoned my run, like faith drops and I start like that, that loop just like wasn't very satisfying. So I think it's just small issues like that that could have been tweaked would have made it like a great game for me. But for now, like I haven't beaten it, I was like, I think this is good. And I, I do think it's very much worth time and money because I, I did spend about 20 hours in the game. Like I had a good time playing it. I'm glad you brought just that up actually because I almost um, forgot to bring it up just because I got I haven't been able to talk about it yet. So I just expounded all the good things. Bad things. Um, I had a crazy amount of bugs. Now, what's funny is I had none of the bugs you had mentioned. Um, mm -hmm. Those sound terrible as well. My bugs were, I would agree, like, the further I got in the game, the more per people I got, it seemed like it got buggier. There were whole times where I couldn't do sermons, and it would softlock the oh. game. So I would go do a sermon, and then it would just sit there, and then nothing would happen. And I was like, alright. So I would restart it. I did that two, three times. Kept softlocking. Tried to do a ritual. Softlock. So, like, for a period, it just wouldn't let me do anything. Eventually it stopped. Don't know what I did, but eventually it didn't uh, soft lock me. So and it, it didn't really do it again after that. But that was like a period of like 10 minutes where like it completely fucked and got messed up. And also, um, apparently I didn't even know this until I went on Reddit because I thought this was uh, intended and I thought it was a terrible idea, but it's not. So apparently you're supposed to have all your followers in your church. Does that happen with you? You're supposed to? Yeah. I only had ever had like a six, maximum right? of six or seven. Yeah, yeah, so you're supposed to have every follower in your church when you go inside your church. That is the intended effect. When you oh, do, there is a bug that is that yeah, there is a massive bug to almost every single person that plays this game that you only get a random amount of six people. And we I tried figuring out like why is it this it seems like it might be the newest six people or or sorry, the oldest six people, maybe. I don't know. But you're supposed to have everyone in your church, and it is wow. just that is a whole feature that is gone. Like that's the reason where if you do a ritual, you can't pick specific people that you need it to be. I had certain quests for followers that it was like make me the tax guy, and you go to make him the tax guy, he doesn't appear on the screen because it's only six, you know, it's oh, randomly yep. mm -hmm. six people. So I couldn't finish, and that was just a you know bonked quest that happened. So there's definitely bugs aplenty in this game. I do still recommend it. However, make sure yes. you go into it understanding that you will have a little bit of frustration, and hopefully they have a patch going out soon. I don't know. I haven't. I haven't been checking well, with them. Before before we move on, I do want to say I'm coming off as negative, but like it's a testament to how good that gameplay is. That like despite all the bugs and frustrations, I still had a really good time with it. Yeah, and a quick note about the gameplay. Um, I I am 
leaning towards agreeing with you, although I'm not as negative sure. on it. But I do agree that it seems like the run starts. The two things that you get is kind of the two things you'll stick with. Like, so there's you might get a different weapons, but like sometimes you don't. Sometimes you get a better curse, sometimes you don't. So it just seems like you have like a choice to upgrade something. So it doesn't feel super roguelite in that aspect, which is actually yeah. hilarious because um, it's super roguelite when you start it. But then like the more you play, it doesn't seem like it gives you a lot of options to add things. Tarot cards are really cool. But again, it's another thing where it's like you can only get so many. And then I put the fleece on that guaranteed me four when I started. Yep. So like that was inc- that was like way too good. That was a must because I was like never finding tarot cards at all when I didn't have it on. Yeah, it was so good. I would never get to four without it. So I was like, I might as well put this on and guarantee four. I don't care if I get any more. And that was that was really good. But I I, I, we have a lot of the show left. So enough about Call of Lamb. I do high, highly recommend. You know, the games I like highly recommend. And if you drive with me, you'll drive with this game. Now, I want to ask you about Rollerdrome. Oh, what is so this game I've I've seen it described as like Tony Hawk means some sort of shooter. Can yep. you give me like some sort of um some pitch on the game cuz I have been wanting to play it. I just I just finished Cold of the Lamb so I didn't jump into anything else yet. What do you think? If you have PS Premium, that's a big if cuz not a lot of people do. I do. If you do, please 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 check out the free trial. Um, worth noting that trials sh- are supposed to be an hour, but there's like a bug on Sony's end where it's like, f- for whatever reason, capping at 35 minutes. I noticed that some people are having issues that the download time is counting as them downloading it, which is like, or sorry, is their play time, which is like, no, what the fuck is that? So that's I not think it? That was, I think that was false information because the, oh. I mean, if it did happen, that sucks. Like, I'm not going to deny that. But, like, as far as I know, you have to click in and start playing for the timer to actually begin. Like, there's a sign that says, like, hey, once you start this, the timer will begin. Okay. So, if that did happen, then it was most definitely a bug. That is not, like, a thing that Sony is doing. Yeah. Um, yeah, if you do have premium, check out the demo. It's worth noting that, like, even with the bug that made it limited to 35 minutes, within the opening five minutes of the game once you get past like the tutorial like here's how to move basically and like once you're put into the first level immediately it was like a boost of serotonin like this is just what i wanted in gameplay so much so that like (laughs) i was convinced by the end of my run that i'm like yeah i am buying this game (laughs) like this gameplay this the gameplay is that good and like that pitch is perfect it's it's tony hawk uh meets like max Payne almost with like you have Mm. like your uh Weapon time, where you like when you aim, it goes into slow mo, and they're like certain weapons, like they'll have like a beat meter where you have to like time your shot to get like uh, increased damage. You have to um, do tricks to uh, reload, uh, and it's just like the art style is gorgeous. Like if you played Sable, you'll know what kind of like it's very similar in art style to that. Got it. Very uh, vintage, retro inspired. There's enough story there that's like you can ignore it and you can just focus on the gameplay, and you'll have. And a, a great time but there's like some story bits in between levels that like huh this is actually there's more going on here and there's like criticisms about um capitalism and uh police police states and dystopias that like i haven't figured out yet because there's still more story for me to get through uh but it's it's great I, I i can't recommend it enough i think i'm enjoying this more than cult of the lamb and i really Ooh, enjoy cult of the lamb. okay all right you have sold me so i will buy this buy that game after this um, another quick thing, I, I won't say long this because this is a long show, but 
I just uh, started Escape Academy. Having a great mm. time. Actually playing this with my wife. This is a fun Ew. little game to play with someone. So I'm playing that with my wife right now. We j we are only like three missions in, but we're having a blast together trying to figure out these escape rooms. So fun. Um, very I have this highly on Game recommend. Pass too. Yeah, yeah. Highly recommend I need to trying play that out. Highly recommend trying that out. It was fun. Let's get into the beginning of the show. Rumor Roundup. From the website Nintendo Everything, a leak listing from Amazon Japan for Nintendo Switch was a game titled Avatar The Last Spellbender Quest for Balance. No details were inside of the listing other than a November 8th, 2022 release date. Game Mill will be publishing the title. This was a weird thing. This was quick. I looked at some of the things. It's unclear what even the game kind of is. It kind of looks like an RPG, some sort of thing. Um, I'll be shocked if this is the actual date. Um... Because uh, we'll go from not knowing anything to the game coming out in a few weeks. Uh, so I, I assume that is a placeholder date. Um, I should have done this before the show. But if I go to November 8th, that is that is a Tuesday. Well, it's Call of Duty. So, and, and of course, it's Call of Duty. Um, yeah. But that is a Tuesday. I was checking to make sure it was a Tuesday. But it is. So that's not super uncommon for it to be listed Tuesday. So it might be real. I don't know. But that's just a quick one to, to quickly... I'll go over. I want to touch on this one though. Uh, this was originally going to be a write up, but it seems kind of obvious as of recording. Uh, Xbox is teasing Death Stranding for PC Game Pass. Uh, yeah. Originally, it seemed like a tease. Now they're just being blatant about it. Uh, they uh, uh, re added more profile pictures on their Twitter of Death Stranding Game Pass. So it basically all started with Game Pass changing the profile picture, and it looks like the landscape of Death Stranding. And people were like, oh, that looks like Death Stranding. And people got excited. Now they did it again and they've added like more pictures. So now it's clearly Death Stranding. It's not even a question. So now it's just like, all right, so when's Death Stranding coming? Not really an if, but a when. So get excited. I am. Be honest, I am very confused how they got Death Stranding. Um, I'm curious who owns IP. I'm pretty sure PlayStation does, but maybe they finagled some stuff. Maybe they don't care about PC I don't know. I will love. I will love to uh, yeah. learn more about it because I'm very curious. I'm pretty sure PlayStation owns the IP. Almost positive they do. So how the hell did this work? Well, I don't know. I mean, who knows? Yeah, like, there, there's there's some logistics uh, in the back end that like are very gray area. Where yeah. like obviously they're able to do this. I Elijah, I'm betting that by the time this show is live, Death Stranding for Game Pass has been announced. Ooh. I wouldn't be shocked because they they, they went they went from like picture to like now it's like four or five pictures of like yeah this is Death Stranding so yeah I would be shocked if tomorrow Xbox Wire comes out Death Stranding for PC Game Pass yeah. November or something which is huge that's a huge deal I really I I, I it's almost like I don't have words like I am shocked that that's a real thing that's gonna happen um, I will have to I can't wait to read the wire and see if I can like gain some information um but we will see uh another weird one dead island 2 um went live on amazon it's dated for february 3rd 2023 it had some pictures if you want to look at it online just of course type in dead island 2 and then leak it'll come up showed some pictures um not shocking there was rumors that we're getting an early uh 2023 release date looks like that might be true if if the february 3rd date is real uh, we have yet to see the re-reveal, and there were rumors, I want to say around May, that we would get a re-reveal soon-ish. So, may, um, it could be any day at this point. I mean, it went live on Amazon, for God's sake. So, it could be, really, any day. Uh, when is 
Uh, um, I just figured it out. When is opening night live? It's probably there. Oh, good, good call. Yeah, yeah that's, that's next week. Uh, next week, October twenty. Or sorry, August twenty second, right? I think that uh, sounds right. Should be August. I think 22nd. it's the twenty fourth or twenty fifth. Oh, maybe it's that. Who who knows? Anyways, it's probably there. Get excited if you want. I guess. This is another quick one. We're from a mid-max interview. Avalanche Studios co-founder Christopher Sundberg brings to light a canceled Iron Man game. When talking about developing this game, uh, they had worked on a game for about two years, uh, and he continued to uh, spout on a few things. Go check out the interview. I try not to cover every single aspect of interviews in this show, just to give credence to the people who actually did it. So go check it out. But um, he says, quote, It would have broken the studio completely. We would have had to hire about 70 to 80 people to the team that I would have had to have been responsible to find a new project for, end quote. So they were almost uh, destroyed by this one game. Disney apparently wanted it within like two and a half years or something, and they just couldn't get it done. And they were like, this is impossible. I don't know why you want it so fast. And he goes on to give a couple more details. Go check out the full interview. But it was fascinating that they couldn't get an Iron Man game to work uh, in that time frame. And it's a shame, but also good, because it looks like they would have had to have hired almost 100 yeah. people just to complete the project, and then it might have got canceled anyway. So, good on them. And now, quick, Elijah. Go ahead. Opening Night Live, Tuesday, August 23rd. 23rd. Okay. Okay. So, probably deadline to there. And um, this next one, Helldivers 2, was leaked with like a clip from a gameplay. Aisha Christian, you seem to have known a little bit more about this. This, this went live as I was like, getting the the uh show ready so did you see this i saw the little gameplay quick uh, thing very quickly it looks like a yeah a, f- a quick clip of helldivers 2 this was of course in the geoforce now leak that is i think undoubtedly all real now yeah i mean we talked about this a little, about a little bit off air but like it's mostly been confirmed that <laughs> the nvidia leak is yeah it's pretty much mostly true um whether or not you get like obviously it, it's been a while since that leak like that's the older titles right things have shifted so not everything is going to be uh, you know translating 100% because things change but like for the most part you can count on things like at one point or another existing in some shape uh helldivers 2 first of all helldivers 1 was incredible it was uh, it was really fun it's hard as hell so it was hard yes absolutely uh this is exciting and like if you look at the clip like it is this is HDAF, and we mm-hmm. were getting the PlayStation Studios logo right before it. Mm-hmm. Funny mm-hmm. enough, you get the OBS screen too. Like, <laughs> someone got their hands on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's very cool. Uh, it's, oh, always kind of sucks to see leaks happen like this beforehand. Like, it's like I don't pay super close attention to NVIDIA leaks. Like, I forget what's on there. Yeah, but I forgot Helldivers Two was even on there at all. Yeah. Uh, but like, yeah, I don't know. This is this is neat. I love I'm leaks. I, I'm the I'm the opposite. I, I fucking love it. I want everything spoiled. Um, specifically with game releases, not necessarily, of course, story and things like that. But I love, right, I love yeah. when news stories come out and people like divulge things. Jeff Grubbs on this show almost every fucking week because that man just drops everything, and I love it. It's fun. See, those are the kind of leaks I like. Like this is this stuff is in the works, or this stuff will get announced soon. When it's like hey, this trailer leak, mm. like the day of a, of a of a show, that kind of stuff, like eh, like a little I bit understand. of a skill for me. Were you uh, the, so you were disappointed with the Last of Us Part One link? probably yeah a little bit but like whatever yeah it's a remake of a game like it's uh, that's a little different yeah yeah okay okay let's start the actual show for the week now she was this was gonna be 
this is gonna be a uh, a light news show and so this happened late last night so let's uh let's jump into this now i meant to tell you this off air isaac christian but let me know you stop me anytime during this because this is a long one i had to uh research a good bit of stuff so i just kept going you stop <laughs> you stop me when you hear something okay now oh delete okay so well achievers we originally had a slower news week than normal until late last night, that is. Embracer Group, a name you would know well if you have been listening to this show, announced a huge purchasing spree. The list is surprising long, so let's start with the Olifants in the room. Embracer Group announced the acquisition of Middle Earth Enterprises from the previous company, the Sao Zance Company. The purchase is everything, meaning all rights for movies, video games, theme parks, plays, and of course the literacy, but only if authorized, of course, by the Tolkien Estates. Embracer seemingly has plans to make more work inside of the Lord of the Rings universe. This is a quote, quote, additional movies based on iconic characters such as Gandalf, Aragorn, Gollum, Galadriel, Ewan, and other characters from Tolkien's works. Lars Wingford's founder and CEO of uh, Embracer Group. I think he's uh, actually a CEO of a group of Embracer Group. Sorry. Quote, I am truly excited to have the Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit, one of the world's most epic fantasy franchises, join the Embracer family, opening up more transmedia opportunities, including synergies across our global group. And quote. So let's stop there. I mean, you started with one the biggest second. one. So I started with the biggest one. We're going to get into the smaller ones in a second. But what the hell was this? So, I, so like middle of the night, I'm like getting ready for bed. And I see this pop up. Embracer Groups buys basically Lord of the Rings and everything attached to it. ISO. Yeah. You, what the hell was this? Why are they oh, buying? Well, I mean, everything? what kind of question is that to pose on me? <laughs> I don't, this is this is the weirdest one I think of all for me because like Embracer Group, I you know I, I relate to to video games like obviously like this is like what they do like if if you we'll get into it later so I'll just stick with a. Or the rings and the hobbit for now like the token estate that is huge that is huge. like that is like such a gigantic ip for them to be doing media outside just games which first of all you're going to get more uh lord of the rings games um, yeah strap in shout everybody. out to that golem game that was news when we oh, <laughs> last time i was on the show um but yeah media outside like this is like it feels unprecedented this is the biggest and and i i don't i understand why because they're like embrace group is like a media conglomerate at this point like are yeah. we worried about them that is a conversation we'll probably have as we continue. Oh, we will, Isaac Christian. News <laughs> item. Uh, but I'm very curious to see what kinds of things they, they want to make. And, like, obviously, with the, there's a huge Amazon show that's releasing right around the corner. Yeah. Uh, this is going to be just the beginning because I'm pretty sure Embrace Group wants to get as much out of the IP that they own. Uh, you want to talk can. about something that makes me mo- more... <laughs> you want to talk about something that makes me pissed off? Opening up more transmedia opportunities, including synergies across our global group. Wow, what a way to make it as corporate and gross as possible. Like, uh, look how much money we paid for. Obviously, not. Oh, and uh, figures were not disclosed. You can just use your imagination how much money this was. But um, yeah, I when I read that, I was like fuck let's Isn't get in gross it's it's really it really i mean at this point it's egregious what this is let's get let's finish out the story so i can really fucking get pissed off okay now stick with me achievers because we haven't even cracked the story yet 
There were a number of other acquisitions announced alongside these purchases. Let's go down the list. I have a fucking grocery order for you guys today, all right? Tripwire Interactive, of course, for po uh, popular for Maneater and Killing Fuller 2. Tuxedo Labs, known for Teardown. Limited Run Games, which is very surprising to see on this list. Um, it, right. They literally run limited run versions of retro titles, Castlevania, you know, things of that nature. They, they will have like a big kind of special release for games. Very cool. You should check them out if you haven't seen them before. Singtrix, who makes, uh, who made most of the tech behind a guitar hero and sells karaoke machines, among other things. Tatsujin, this is Embracer's first Japan studio led by Mashihiro Tuj, an icon of arcade games behind games like Truxton and Flying Shark. Some smaller studios like Bitwave Games, a retro-focused studio behind several small titles like Picto Party and Zero Wing. And then lastly, we have Gaiotech, which is a gaming accessory brand in Europe. And if then this announcement, they revealed that not only all these previously announced acquisitions are going to happen, but another gaming company will be purchased. The studio was not given any hints or just details on what it was, but it will be the third or fourth largest transaction of all of their purchases. So that is a very big company because let's remember they bought Gearbox for yeah. billions of dollars and they, of course, have now bought Lord of the Rings. So, like, if you're like three or so you're like two steps down from them, so this thing's going to be pretty big. They also announced a new operating group, this being the 11th group in their company. It's called Embracer Free Mode. It'll be led by CEO Lee Goonchard. Amongst the corporate garbage around the announcement, I uh, pieced out. What they'll be doing, quote, free mode will expand its operating activities in the retro, classic, and heritage gaming category, as well as investing in iconic gaming and entertainment properties, end quote. Embracer Group, established under the name of Nordic Games Licensing in 2011 as part of Nordic Games Group, is a Swedish media holding company based in Kolstad, Sweden. They have continually aggressively bought literally anything they seem to get their hands on since around 2013 and currently sit at a staggering 120 internal game studios with around 12,750 employees and contractors in more than 40 countries. They operate the majority of their studios by breaking them into groups, have a total of 11 groups holding several of their studios under these umbrellas. Upon all of this madness... It also seems work on the KOTOR remake has been moved. While not mentioning the game directly, Embracer said, quote, one of the group's AAA projects has transitioned to another studio within the group. This was done to ensure the quality bar is where we need it to be for the title. We are not expecting any material delays for the title based on this transaction. End quote. Rumors suggest, dating back a couple months, that Saber Interactive will now work on the remake. Christian. What the hell? Is happening with Embracer. They have over a hundred and twenty internal game studios. If we remember THQ Nordic, which is only an umbrella inside of Embracer Group, has right. twenty-four projects in development. Yep. Elijah, are you ready for the future where uh, Embracer and Tencent own the industry? It'll be Embracer, Tencent, and it's going to be uh, Microsoft. It's going to be the three things. Okay. It's going to be the big three again. You want, okay, I, I'm of two minds when I, when, I, when I read this. First of all, like my immediate reaction when I see stuff like this is like, damn, this is kind of sad. 
Yes. Um, that, yes. Like so many things get bought up by like one company. Um, so it goes. Uh, my second reaction when I start to think about it is like, well, let me think about this. Because I think for the most part, in terms of like game development and like studios, Embracer does, I think, have a philosophy to like let studios run mostly autonomous. Like they are allowed to work on the products they want to work on. May I interrupt? Uh, please. Can be great sometimes or can yes. be bad when we look at yes. Aspire Media with Kotor Remake. Exactly. Just a quick interjection, exactly. but go ahead. That is, a, that is a great interjection. Thank you for that, Elijah. However, when you start parsing out like more details and, and specifically seeing like what they want to invest in with like Embracer Free Mode and like the, the retro IP, things there start to get a little bit gross for me. And it's like, well, where does the, where does the buck end? Like, like it, if Microsoft is having to step up to Congress, you know, for, <laughs> for their acquisitions, like... Why aren't these kinds of things happening for Embracer? Uh, for Tencent, I understand that's a, you know. Well, I guess Embracer's in Europe, so that that makes sense as well. But I don't know. Like, they have their own re- regulatory commissions to go through. So yeah, these yeah, are going to yeah. be looked at. I I imagine also the Lord of the Rings will be looked at as well. And it, it um has to. it just it has see to. it just is it probably just doesn't make the headlines. And also it, it, the a lot more people are going to click on Microsoft, Sony, and Court versus. Embrace a group Embracer. justifying buying yes. Bitwave. So, wh- upon viewing this, it really, I literally went, uh, like, I just sighed. I was like, come on. Like, this is, this is egregious. This has gotten to a point where it's, it's kind of sickening almost. Like, when you're this giant megalodon of studios and you're just continually gobbling mm-hmm. everything up, seemingly with, no interjection it just seems gluttonous for lack of a better word and it, and they haven't really proven anything to me yet i feel yeah, like right we've gotten yeah. a couple games that have really kind of just been re-releases of their old games um whenever they've bought in something else they'll just have them you know re-release some other games there's been some other good games um people like to biomutant and things like that that have been new but just Emmett. It was only Emmett. <laughs> yeah, it was only Emmett. I tried helping you, brother, but it was only you. But aside from that, I mean, they haven't proven anything, and when I hear them buying something, I'm like, alright, I guess we'll see what's gonna happen. You have, ele- you have 11 different groups inside of your giant conglomerates all handling different projects. This just doesn't seem like something. This seems like just there's too many. just too much. There's just no way this is... This just works out well, but... Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's to the point where it's just there. That's just who the check goes. And maybe that's the only difference. Maybe I am overblowing this that at the end of Even the day, still. all they're doing is writing the check and they don't do anything else, maybe. But this just seems. This just seems gross. <laughs> like you so, said, it you're just, right. it seems kind of seems kind of gross. The, bo- the bottom line is that having one company own so many things will always only be a bad thing in in my opinion right like that is not how i think um art is created that is not how i think um uh, i i want to see diversity in in the games industry like whatever like i understand like business parent companies these things happen all the time everywhere um i just i can't help but think that is it is like schemey and um it's not to my personal taste and you're right they haven't really proven anything yet and yet they continue to buy things uh i think this is a bad thing 
yeah, like I, I'm waiting for the game that I'm like, all right, cool. Like Embracer Group is uh, some sort of sign of quality. Like at this point, like what is Embracer Group other than just like just this giant Hydra that keeps eating things and gaining heads? Yeah, it just seems you know particularly soulless. And I understand this is capitalism. This is how it works. This is a free market. They're buying things. This is they have the capital. Uh, clearly, they have money, so they're buying things. It's just. I don't know. I'm trying to rationalize it in my head, and I can't. It it seems it seems gross. I mean, they bought Lord of the Rings for fuck's sake. Like what? Yeah. Like what is what is this? What what are you doing? What is happening over there? What like uh, who uh, who on the top was like? Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna go ahead. We're gonna buy limited run games. And you know what? what since we're out, we'll go ahead and buy Lord of the Rings. We're already out. We're we're getting we're getting Tripwire. Just buy Lord of the Rings while we're out. It's I don't know. I I smell Disney Star Wars shit from this. We're like, all right, sure. maybe we're going to we're probably about to get like seven shows, six different games and all of this nonsense where eventually the quality will diminish. We're going to get Lord of the Rings about Gandalf for God's sake. <laughs> like what is happening here? Um I can't wait for the um the prequel for Gollum in movie form. That'll be exciting. Let me, uh, hold, let me reread the sentence one more time. Just please go ahead. The Lord of the Rings trilogy and The Hobbit by J.R.R. Tolkien, as well as matching rights and other Middle-earth-related literary works authorized by the Tolkien estate and yeah. HarperCollins, have yet, uh, which have yet to be explored. I don't know. Um, will we be getting things like about Legolas and, and Gandalf? Uh, the guy came out and said specifically uh, that they plan on looking at People, oh, you're right. The, you did read that like, quote as well. Yeah, yes. like they, they knew what they were buying. They 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 are already telling us that they want to make more movies, <laughs> and they've just signed the dotted line. So fucking strap in. Okay, again, I, again, I have to reiterate that's that's so schemy. Like when I like look look at the Hobbit movies. Like those are made as like a just for the sole purpose of like let's get as many people as we can to watch like a three part movie for like this tiny book just for, uh, you know, cause cause Lord of the Rings and we want to make money and yeah, like crack their knuckles. Like, be, Ooh, it's like a dare. It's like, I, be, of I, can, I can make these three. I can make this book three movies. Watch me. <laughs> I'll yeah. do it. I'm not happy about this, but so. <sighs> yes. So how it goes. Spider-Man recently launched for PC. Some interesting files were found inside of the game when it was cracked open, reported on and verified by VGC. There are several files inside of the game referring to, quote, PSN account linked and, quote, PSN linking entitlements, end quote. Now, this could be a reference to a few possibilities mainly, but the prevailing theory currently is there's going to be a PC launcher for PlayStation. As PlayStation continues to move into the PC space, it would make sense for the game company to open its own PC launcher for users to potentially link their PSNs for trophies or potential cross-buy, uh, or potentially cross-buy, or maybe to remove the cut from steam and uh this is a quick note they have opened a playstation on pc portion to their website as a christian i think um i actually uh brought this up around the time when they were bringing pc games to or sorry playstation games to the pc and i i was kind of like all right when's their pc launcher i honestly thought that would have already been a thing i thought they would have had it ready by the time their big spider-man game came out but clearly they haven't right. had it ready. I, I, I'm shocked. I, there really isn't a negative to releasing one, so I'm, I'm kind of surprised they haven't. Well, 
I guess the only negative that I can think of is like I like freedom on PC. Like, correct me if I'm wrong. Is there not like some kind of integration between the Steam launcher and the Xbox launcher, or like, or it, am I just totally off base there? Um, can you elaborate, please? Do you mean like integration as if when I sign I into thought... a Steam game, similar? So let's say Minecraft. So are you saying like sure. when I go on Minecraft, like does Xbox Live come open? Is that what you're asking? I I thought that if like if you had purchased a game on one launcher like with Steam, uh, you would, or, or I think it was the opposite. I think if you bought it on the Xbox launcher, it would also pop up on Steam, one or the other. But I could be off base there. Great question. I'm not a PC guy. Achievers, let us know in the comments if you know what that is. But as far Somebody as I brought this up on PXN is the reason why I bring it up. But they might be the, able to. You might be able to find the game. That is true. Like it, it, they might give you dual entitlement from there to go. On, steam that would be surprising to me but again i i'm not familiar with the pc landscape uh sure. to answer that question however i think the possibility of having cross buy uh on the playstation pc launcher with um sony products like the ps5 ps4 i think would be an absolutely huge win um in terms of like just growing uh some kind of audience outside of like hardware consoles um there are probably a lot of people who are like playing these games for the first time. And maybe like eventually if, if you're sold on all these PC games that you're PS five games that you're playing on PC, maybe you're interested in getting a console. You already have like a, a growing library of games that way. And I think it'd be, that'd be a huge win for Sony in terms of like just, just growing their audience. Um, yeah. So that, I, that excites me the most about a PC launcher. Uh, I also hate having like seven different launchers on my taskbar, but. Oh, so, I'm so sorry, again. Christian. Oh no, you gotta click another thing. It's annoying, especially with like the EA. You open up the EA uh, launcher, and then it like opens up Origin when you start a game. Like, what's the point of having one launcher if it just opens up the other one? Yeah, I get that it. thing is that's, that's frustrating. No, I get it. I'm I'm joking around. I understand a little bit because I have gotten a nicer PC, so I do understand the the qualms that people do have when it's like multiple launchers, but. I can't blame the people for making one because it just cuts out the middleman. Like you get the hundred percent of profits. Yeah. So it really is like, again, I'm shocked that Spider-Man launched without this on there already. I thought they would for sure give people the option to, if you play uh Spider-Man on your PC, link your PSN account and get trophies. I I thought that was a shoe win for spider I mean, it's fucking Spider-Man. Like they would have made yeah. a lot of money off that. I feel like, but they, they've lost, uh, I mean, steam deals vary, I believe on publishers, but they could have lost like, 20 30 percent of their revenue so like that's not that's nothing well, to sniff at that's that's a great point that you think it would have happened by by for spider-man Spider that's my own least. that's my but, only point just spider-man itself i was like everything else sure. i'm like yeah that's stuff you can throw out and you're like hey eh, you know we lose the money but it's not a huge deal spider-man probably will be the i mean it might have, it might it fucking might sell it won't but there is a potential on pc it could sell almost as much as fucking ragnarok like it, yeah. this is a huge game. Yeah, the thing is, like Spider Spider Man, Sony and PC stuff, like is like just Sony just operates kind of more slow going than that's true. than other companies. Like that's yeah. just how they operate. Like look at Discord integration. Like that's been taking a long time. Maybe it's more complicated than we know. Um, but I, I would argue that Sony jumping into the PC market has been like a lot faster than we than we originally thought. I agree. Uh, the I agree. the gap has been uh, decreasing uh, as newer games come out. And I think the, the biggest one that's going to uh, really emphasize this is uh, Last of Us Part 1 remake mm. coming out. Uh, like, that's not going to be day and date with PC. But, but like, they said because, soon. 
They did but say because some... like that game went gold on consoles a month and a week before the game actually shipped points that like they're finishing up work on the PC uh, version and that's going to come out I'm I'm betting by the end of the month of if if the game comes out September it's September it does, 1st yeah, but, I believe yeah by the opening of October like 30 days out you'll you'll see it on PC so uh, I was actually like, going to bring this up with you cuz I really sat there and thought about this launcher for a little bit and then I thought about Sony's interactivity with the PC space. And when, when I went to think about this, I felt it was going to be very telling with God of War Ragnarok. How fast did God of War Ragnarok make it to PC? Now it's almost more fitting to see how fast Last of Us Part 1 makes it there. Because it really could be, like you said, it could be less than a month. And then that thing's straight up on PC. I don't think that's crazy to say at all. I will say, let's. I want to be definitive about this. I want to see how fast does God of War Ragnarok make it to PC? Is it a year? That's, Is it a year and a half? Be, Is it six months? That's going to be telling to PC, uh, to PlayStation strategy going forward about how they're okay, going to treat the, the PC space. Here's the thing, though. Remake Part One is an older game. It like is. it's it's a remake. Yeah. Like people have played this game. Uh, development on it wasn't as long as God of War. That's why I think that that gap is going to be so short. Ragnarok. They're okay. hurrying to get this game finished up just for consoles alone, right? right? For right. PS4 and PS5. Okay. I don't even think they start looking at PC until like, like a month after it goes gold, right? Finishing up like bug fixes and all that. Um, and then you still have Sony probably like debating like how long to wait before we even put it on PC. Because see, want, that's that's what I want to know. We want to satiate what, the console. And first. I want to see yeah. what inter- who internally, is it Herman Holst? Like who's talking? Who's saying, how long do we keep this on PlayStation? What what's that number? Is it six months? Jim, is it a year? Jim Ryan, hold off. Hold. It's hitting the enter button. Hold. But um, yeah, that's that's just that's what I'm fascinated by because that's gonna say where PlayStation's heading in the future. Because I do think we are slowly getting a different PlayStation as the years go by in this yeah. generation. I feel like you tell PS4 mid generation PS4 Pro kind of people, hey, PC games are gonna be, or sorry, PlayStation games are gonna be on PC. You'd mm-hmm. fucking laugh them out the room. Now it's, now it's a given that their games are gonna be on PC. Now it's the idea of how quick it's gonna be, and it's kind of exciting to to debate it because it shows a PlayStation that is open to um, competitors aren't the right word, but it, they're open to negotiating with other platforms. I guess is what I would say. Elijah, let's put a date on it though before we move on. For okay. For when which... does Ragnarok come to PC? Give me a month. So it's November eighth. It comes out. So I will say, I will say, um, May, May, okay. May eighth. Past around there. I'm thinking July. Okay. I'm thinking like towards the tail end of summer. Okay, I I could see that as well. May is a little early, I feel, but they seem like they're going to be aggressive with this. So I don't know. I don't know. It is. I I will be fascinated to see when this comes for sure. Or maybe there's a world out there where during E3 time. And by the way, Ragnarok on PC. BT dubs Ragnarok on PC. Christian, I don't know if you saw this. Um, There was a accusation put forward that uh, Call of Duty stole a skin from Dr. Disrespect's studio Dead Drop. Or, sorry, their game that's coming out called Dead Drop. Now, I don't know if you've seen the skin, if you click on the link that I have there. 
Uh, you'll see a picture with them comparing. Oh, I will send it to you right now. But um, there, there's a, a picture of a achievers. I'll, I'll kind of describe it for you for people that's listening on audio. But it's like it basically kind of looks like uh, the Lich King if you ever played War, uh, World of Warcraft, but in a mech suit, basically. Uh, and I will say it looks pretty dead on uh, for um, being um, uh, kind of like a ripoff, unfortunately, for them. Um, now, this isn't the first time this happened. A few weeks ago, I didn't cover it on the show because I, did, I didn't think it was very pertinent. But they got accused of, and they very much stole this one. It was a, a polar bear skin kind of looking thing. Kind of like a polar bear that kind of looked like a husky. And it was a person. Uh, mm. Check your Twitter um, DMs, by the way. Thank you. But it is seems like, like they stole it. Now, apparently, um, a let me find the exact quote. Um, one of the developers on the game says it is impossible because the skin that they released, uh, they already had this made like ten months ago. Uh, you know, you can argue on the legitimate of that. But they're saying that the it's not true. There's no way that this was stolen. I am going to go ahead and say that's a lie because it looks like it's yeah. the exact same thing. Christian, have you seen it yet? Uh, th- this is my first time hearing this news. Uh, but like, this is hard for me to talk about. Because I, I, like at one point, like I, I don't care when like you're making an NFT game, like when there's like so many like just NFT platforms, like, ripping off artists left and right. Like, I, mm. I have no sympathy on that front. Um, however, like, you know, as a person who, like, went to school and, and taught, like, plagiarism is not okay. And, I, and, like, frankly, I think, like, plagiarism is is running too amok in the games industry. Like, we let a lot of things slide. We do. Um, I'm, I'm so happy that, like, a big example for me is uh, when team, uh, Intersloth uh, spoke up about uh, Fortnite's Among Us mode. Like, just That was a little egregious. A little egregious. That would, I am so happy they stood up and like ended up having a partnership and like you know that mode came back, but like with Intersloth doing some kind of partnership. Activision, I have no sympathy sympathy for either. So this getting called out for, uh, I think is a, is a it's a good thing because that company uh, absolutely sucks. So so this was all it is so egregious, dude. These are like a one to one. This is one to one. If you actually look and there's um there's a first link in the article um that uh the other one that uh someone stole. Uh, is an exact ripoff of someone of a fan made pack of a game. So there was it was called the Floof Pack. Floof Fury was the uh, was the name that the person made it for. So they they made a skin for the game, and whoever made whoever designed it fucking just stole it from the guy. And it's the exact same thing. It's literally the exact same. Like it's a word for it's like you had you had to have tried you it's like you traced the fucking skin like it looks the exact same wow. so that uh, original one that looks even more egregious than this one this one at least looks a tiny bit different but um and uh someone had one of the uh studio heads I believe had a funny quote where it's like at least name it after me which was a little funny <laughs> a little funny but that's all I have to say about that I I kind of agree with you it. it Activision, first off, you're Call of Duty. You're, you should be the last one stealing anything. Yes. Uh, you are the leading industry in terms of FPS and sales. So why why are you stealing anything? But it's not like this is Activision as a person. This is someone that they probably hired on or something. So 
but okay. this is this does go on to Activision's plate because, of course, they are yep. at the end of the day responsible for their um, IP. Another big one I have actually that I want to mention as well because I feel like this conversation comes up, but it's never widely discussed in the industry that I, I hope more people uh, bring up. Okay, is uh, another epic this. Uh, Fortnite stealing uh, dances from like black creators and like that, that that's a harder conversation to have as well. Like, how do you credit an artist by like put like coding in their dance into a game? Um, royalties, I think, would be like it's the answer there. Um, or naming it after them, maybe uh, contacting them to like ask permission and then discuss payment. Uh, Fortnite ripping off just like black creators in general has, has been a thing for a long time and uh, I, I hope that conversation persists because like that's that's a huge issue for me i found that interesting i know exactly what you're talking about with with uh some of their dances because they did get some flack early on when they were just straight up putting very popular dances into the game and then people are like well i mean they would and they would ask uh the one i always remember and i'm blanking on the guy's name um the french prince of bel-air dance what is his name what is the oh, gentleman's Carlton. name Carlton Dance, thank you. So, like, when that was added to the game, I remember the actor being like, yeah, no, we're definitely going to, like, try and sue them. Obviously, that never went anywhere. Apparently, they might have settled with them or something, or something mm -hmm. happened with that. Maybe they took it down. I can't quite remember. But I do agree, yeah. It does seem like they they had a, a thing where, like, they'd put dances in the game. Who knows if it was for... Um, how do I put this? Who knows if it was for negative reasons or if it was just them like oh it's a popular dance we should put it in the game now yeah. when you are making millions and millions and potentially billions of dollars maybe you should pay it for it a little bit especially when you're putting someone else's dance into a game i remember Absolutely. that i remember that's also being an issue where they couldn't figure out like it's, it's hard it's apparently it's hard to patent a dance move or something so like they were like well legally yeah. it's right but of course um, and this is a popular slogan by Hoag's Law, a great YouTube, um, uh, YouTuber that does law content. Um, just because it's legal doesn't mean it's moral, right? Yep. Yep. The obvious has finally been said. Microsoft admits their Brazilian regulatory filing finally admitted their sales of the Xbox One trailed that of PS4s by a very wide margin. Reported on by The Verge's Tom Warren, an exact passage spotted by Game Luster said Chumlai. Of course, this was all translated from Portuguese. I believe it was also translated by GameLuster. Quote, Sony has surpassed Microsoft in terms of console sales and installed base, having sold more than twice as many Xbox in the last generation, admits Microsoft, as translated from Portuguese. As discussed recently on the podcast, Sony has officially stopped reporting on PS4 sales as they will sit in a historic 117.2 million units. That puts the PS4 at the second best home consoles sold ever. Conversely, if we do some math, that means Xbox One sold somewhere around the 58 million mark, give or take a couple uh, million units. As a quick note, however, the Switch will soon surpass this as it currently sits at 111.08 million Yo. units. So they said it. They finally said it. Oh, my puppy's getting upset. Um, they said the, the thing we all kind of knew. And uh, they were like, yeah, yeah they uh, doubled us, which is damn <laughs> so they doubled up on them in terms of units two to one for every uh, uh two playstations xbox sold one that's crazy 
Yeah, and the thing is, like, with these companies, like, when they're having a, a great month, like, they announce the numbers, and when they don't do so well, they, they, they don't report on sales. And I remember for a while, if I remember correctly, just you didn't hear a lot of sales stuff from Microsoft and yeah. from Microsoft. They stopped, and- so usually, I want to say around 2016. I don't yeah. remember. It might have yeah. been earlier than that because it was getting embarrassing, and they were like, just stop. Yeah. They haven't reported since then. They have never given a single unit on an yep. Xbox system since they stopped reporting on xbox one however like there is a little bit of nuance there like the launch of 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 the xbox one like wasn't there like successful is like a weird word to like kind of qualify here but like there was a lot of stuff just like not done very well at the launch of xbox one but they turned it around like 50 million plus units is, is still a high number like the xbox family is growing by by a lot like uh, if you look at you know console after console and i'd reckon like it's only getting stronger probably with the series s and series x like granted we are in a chip shortage and like console console sales are down right now we reported on this last time i was on the show as well yeah. but i i reckon uh you see more console sales for the series s and x um than you do the xbox one like i i think they they have the potential to maybe even hit 100 million units like it is a successful console. Will it do better than Sony? I think that's the you know the, the age old question that you know console war people love, uh, and only time will tell there. But I think I think Xbox is still is is still doing pretty well. Yeah, they're definitely not uh, struggling. I mean, it's Microsoft. Let's yeah, let's be clear it, yeah. about that. But I will say, yeah, Xbox One. It, it goes to show you how important it is at the beginning. Xbox One started off. Yeah. I mean, I mean, really terrible. I mean, I, we haven't seen something that egregious. I mean, it was really the first for the industry, I guess you would say, as a full-on s- system releasing. You could go back to, like, the second Dreamcast, of course, as being a, a, a giant failure in terms of, like, the initial release of the system. But it was kind of unique in, in how close the two were. And then just the the way that they pitched Xbox One. And it just... Yeah falling straight on his face so much the fact that like two weeks later they had to immediately say we're gonna go rid of all the things they didn't like even though they kind of didn't wink it was all kind of still there you still can't you still couldn't really play offline that meant yeah the drm was still kind of a thing but it wasn't super really kind of but yeah this i i just want to bring this up because we did know but this is them actually saying and confirming that yeah they they were they got beat up pretty bad um, it is suffice to say, though, since we are uh, beating up uh, Xbox a little bit here, um, they they are they they are the leading set uh, in. They have been leading sales in the last three quarters. Yeah, I want to say now, of course, that is because of the Series S uh, selling so much, and the PS5 is struggling. I mean, I think they only sold a few million in the last quarter, um, which is like I think yeah. it was like three, four million or something like that. Like very low, very very low, which is not people not buying ps5s it's just they can't make them can't yep. make them now we have a fantastic uh, well, go ahead no, no 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 please go ahead yeah sorry wrote one last thing on this new story i think a lot of it is going to come down to uh, also like what kinds of of software is being developed for the for uh, the xbox family like i think part of why the xbox one fit they didn't fail but struggled uh, to succeed as well as sony is that like First-party games just weren't up to par with what Sony was putting out um, at that time, um, and I think I think the tide is maybe finally turning. And, and I know 
that conversation has been happening for like two years, two or three years now. <laughs> it has. And it's probably st- it's still going to happen for the next year or two. But like with uh, Microsoft buying so many studios, like they they finally have like first party games underneath their belt um, that I that I think might push uh, hardware sales a bit more than uh, than what we're used to seeing on Microsoft's side. So yeah, I, again, only time will tell. I will say I've uh, and I'm. I I uh, I don't know if you know I'm I'm a huge Xbox fan like that's usually primarily why I play although I own everything. I will mm-hmm. say this: I am tired of a of a fan of Xbox, or um, I am tired of saying soon in terms of Xbox sure. and not now. I will say that right now. I've been saying uh, it's gonna be good like since like 2017 or something, and like we get like a game or two a year, a year and a half, like every year and a half kind of thing, and it's just. We need to hit the games are out now versus the it, it's going to be great later that we've caught it's I mean, it's really been constant, yeah. really kind of since 2013. But hey. We have a fantastic read over on games. It's your job is it's an interview from Christopher mm. Dring with team Asobi creator, cre- sorry, creative and studio director Nicholas Dowsett. They do. They do go, uh, they go into, sorry, they go into Japan Studio, which was closed and splintered. Some of the staff to, uh, Team Asobi. The interview gives some good insights on how their dev team is structured and how they manage the language barrier, uh, that some workers face, which is very fascinating. Go check it out again. Reminder, we don't cover everything in the show, so go give Games of Strap is a click. It was a fascinating read. I read all of it. It was a very, very good interview. Yes. A quick highlight is, quote, we always have this extra team on the side. Probably like 90% of the studio is on production, but there is a small pocket of people in the background that are already touching the technologies of tomorrow or trying things with the technology we have today, um, but taking them into a new direction. In order to keep this fresh freshness, this R&D team needs to be rotated quite often. People go into production, and then after that, maybe go into R&D for some time. End quote. Um, and then when uh, this is uh, a side point, when they splinter off, uh, they sat at 35 employees. They are now at 60 and they expect to be at around 100 soon. That's very quick, especially in the kind of talent drought that the industry finds itself in right now. So they're um, uh, getting more people on uh, very quickly. They do lightly touch on perfectionism, which is a culture around Japan and specifically Platinum Games Bayonetta was brought up as an example. Quote, there is something you need about moving a character in a Japanese game. The feeling that you have, the pleasure that you take. I look at developers like Platinum Games when you play Bayonetta. The movement is perfected. They're second to none on that perfectionism. That's the local culture. End quote. Team Asobi's next project, according to Doset, will follow in the footsteps of the games it has done before, but will be a full-blown commercial title. End quote. And our biggest to date. End quote. Team Asobi. That's very Music exciting. I was a huge fan of um of uh the Astrobot PS5 game and I I loved that thing. Have you played you don't have PSVR, never mind. Never I do right. I do have VR, I just don't did use it. Did you ever play did you ever play Astro Rescue uh Astrobot no. Rescue Mission? Mm. Hands down one of the best platformers I've ever played. Whoa Astro Rescue Mission. Okay, it is okay. that creative on level to level, like from start to finish, I was blown away. And, th- and then that's not due to the hardware that I was using, but it's the way they use it because mm. Team Asobi knows how to use hardware. One thing that the, really resonated with me in this article is they touch on recruitment. Yes. Um, and the way that they approach recruitment is that they look at um, people who are doing cool stuff in the hobbyist scene. That is really, yes. Uh, they brought that they up specifically. Around, yeah. And that is like such a, a unique and fresh approach to like recruitment to like, 
it's part of what makes Team Asobi so special is that they they know how to have fun with like the hardware that that they're tinkering around with. That's why Astro's uh, Playroom for PS5 like is so special to me. Like it's why it's I think to me it's still one of the best PS5 games because of the way it uses its dual sense. Like that is a showcase of the console. Um, Team Asobi rocks. Like I, I, that is like an underdog team for me at Sony Studios because yeah. like they put out quality titles and I think I think it was it, we're right around the corner from like them being like the next big thing in terms of like child games maybe like the like the family friendly uh, uh like on par with like Sackboy and Little Big Planet like back back from the PS3 uh Astrobot is going to be like a not a household name but like people will know uh, I think Astrobot there's, more than, than they do now I think there's a chance that he might be the mascot I, I think that's a real big chance yeah, that Astro sure. will be the kind of mascot that'll be in maybe some PlayStation like uh advertisements or something to get people excited or to identify the PS5 with him. I do think that he has a, a chance. Of course, he's not known much outside of kind of the game space right now, but that could change quickly. Now, he does say they're looking at their next game as a commercial game. So something that's going to be very big. I'm, wait. I'm very curious what he means by that. Of course, mm-hmm. he, he could be uh, saying in scope or maybe in way of marketing. I'm very curious what he means by a big commercial game so that does get me excited and they they yeah. ramped up people they got to they got to 60 people and they're going to keep ramping so whatever they're working on right now they're going to get it's going to get that love and care and if they can make if they can make astro playroom i mean oh, yeah oof god i can't wait uh and since you brought it up i did want to read this because it, it was very fascinating um this is also from the article uh when talking about recruitment quote some of the team members we recruited a few years ago, we recruited them because as a hobby, they would take a VR headset, a, a motion sensor, and they'd grab them like uh, like an eye detection thing, and then they would put those together and create a demo. And they'd become famous on the hobbyist scene and within the programming community for doing this. We approach these people and say, what are you doing in your days off? It's exactly what we do for work. <laughs> and we and you get to work with engineers who are still building the stuff you're using, so you get to input into something that will become a product. We've had a few people come through with that pass, so this interest in hardware is anchored in our team. End quote. I love the, uh, I love his outlook on his um, studio and his colleagues here, saying like, he's not using the word futurist because that's kind of overplayed now, but he's using the term like cutting edge technology. I love that. I love his way that his like, the culture here is uh one of, um, adventure like. Using that new stuff, using dual senses, you know, we have a new toy. How can we uh, implement that into our games? How can we make that the new gameplay thing in this new game? How can we uh, make this a um, big part of our next game? I, I always think of uh, the dual sense being the primary thing of Astrobot's Playroom. I loved it's uh, the way it kind of used the, uh, I forget what they're called, the hair trigger, um, the, adaptive the adaptive triggers. Thank you. The way it like kind of pulls you. I always remember the monkey game where like you're climbing and like yeah. you have to like use the controller and then you're like grabbing the thing up. It's very fun. There's yeah. a lot of things and I can't wait for whatever Team Asobi has up next. I will say people talk. Some people talk crap about the adaptive triggers and just like a dual sense calling it a gimmick. In a sense, it is like I'll concede a little bit like right. it is a gimmick, but but I'll argue that like part of the gimmick is the experience of having the controller like. Playing games like uh, like Sifu even or Returnal or Ratchet, like those games were were heightened by the use of the DualSense. 
Like th th that level of immersion and experience like made the game way more enjoyable and more interesting on like a tactile level than than not having it at all. And the way like Returnal specifically plays with the dual sense is like still one of my favorites on the PS5. Um, and but Team Asobia is like that is like S tier use of hardware, and I'm so excited to see what a few a full fledged like title could look like from them. Since you since you brought it up, I thought it was interesting. I do kind of get that sentiment as well when people say like the dual sense is kind of like gimmicky, and I feel like we can really say anything's a gimmick, right? Like, you sure. know, and anything can really be a gimmick. So let's not throw that word around. Um, I, I find people using that like, very strange, especially when games with Returnal. That that's that's the big one for me, where just the simple um, adjustment of the adaptment trigger now opened up a whole new avenue of shooting my guns. That was very cool. Mm -hmm. They kind, I now had kind of two trigger pulls that um, uh, adapted my firing mode. And that was that was really good. And that was subtle. It wasn't something that like forced me into it. I didn't have to bust out a camera. I didn't have to use my connect and talk to it or something. It was something that was already ingrained in my hands. And it was something that was very quick. If you know how to use the triggers, you'll know how to use Returnal, uh, yep. a new thing. And it, was, and it was very satisfying when you had that extra like, kind of like finger pull to really get that uh yeah. the the mode set in and it was it was very fun I very very much like this two more quick things one shout out to also the uh the vibration that's built in like the way they code the vibration i think is really cool uh, yeah. in that in that controller like different like weapons like if you i took off my headphones and i was like listening when you're aiming certain weapons either in ratchet or in returnal the vibration is creating music to, or like no more than music sometimes, but like a specific pattern yeah. that is designed with that gun. Or again, even in like Returnal and Sifu, like the rain patterns, like that vibrates from the controller and makes it feel like it's raining. Uh, second is uh, just one, one last gush about Team Asobi. Like if you do an Astrobot game, I'm all for it. But also if you do an Ape Escape game, <laughs> I'd be all for it even more. I would love that. A lot of people are fans of Ape Escape. I, I've never played it, but the amount of people that are, are uh, love Ape Escape, I, shout out. I, I always love uh, when someone has like a uh, thing that they love and they just wish to come back. So if Team Asobi can make an Ape Escape game, hey, go for it. Uh-oh. It's right here, baby. Uh oh It's right here. What is Ooh, Ape Escape. Ooh, he had it on PS1. Love it. Love it. Now, since ISO Christian was on the show, I had to bring up NFTs because I know how much he loves them. NFTs. Now, this is a story on Axios by Steven Tatillo. I want everyone to go read this because I didn't I didn't actually want to write a write up because it's it's kind of quick. So it feels I couldn't really couldn't really write about this because it's it's kind of quick. And I wanted to slowly go over a little bit of the passages from here because I feel like taking the words were just too close to just using his words here. So he puts it so well. I want to bring it up. So this is Tatillo. Over on Axios. First off, great read. Go read this. Again, not covering it all, so you have to go give the full context over there. So, he writes, why it matters. They, they have an interesting way they write articles over on Axios, so, so stick with me here. The NFT Web3 blockchain part of games industry has billions of dollars of investment, but is surrounded by skeptics. For some, a lack of hits and players is proof that the sector is a dead end, offering a technology that doesn't inherently make games better. For others, including Davis, Davis, whose uh, company is Mighty Bear, just announced a $10 million investment to make a Web3 game. Um, and to him, that's just proof it's early days. Now, this is what they're saying. When we get the first, uh, sorry, quote, when we get the first generally world-class experience in Web3 with a low enough barrier to entry and a low level of friction, we'll be there, Davis tells Axios. Um, 
many such games assume everyone wants to get into crypto or cares about it, requires signups for wallets, acquiring tokens before you're playing. The game from Davis's team, a battle royale called Mighty Action Heroes, will let people access access it as a standard free-to-play game with the chance to play with NFT-based gear as an additional option. NFT-based games tend to focus on their marketplace who draw players who are thinking of investment first, Davis has observed. Quote, to me, that's not healthy. Emphasizing the need for players to have fun playing them. T- uh, David is hopeful that Web3 could change uh, the financing of games and even improve the dev-player relationship. Teams making standard free-to-play games consistently need to turn out the new content that they then pressure players to buy, he says, quote, Basically puts the studio and call thick with the players and quote. I'm going to stop there because I'm getting close to the end of the article. Uh, Davis has worked in the free to play game for years. Christian, this is an interesting look at the ideas that some Web3 NFT blockchain, whatever you want to call them, uh, is adding to the industry. Upon reading this and you're already pretty doubtful of NFTs, Web3 blockchain, etc. Does any of this resonate with you, or is this more preaching from a kind of sinking ship? Uh, a sinking ship, I don't, I don't know if it's, it's necessarily sink. I mean, okay. When you look at the stock market, it seems like it's sinking. Definitely. Um, I don't know. I, I fall more in line of, of the skeptic. Like, okay, I'll just say it, I guess. No, please, I, I, please. I, I, still, I, still, I still don't like NFTs. Like, the thing for me is, like, they are a carbon uh, negative product, and, mm. like, even... Even just like saying that, like, don't worry, like, we're going to minimally use them in our game. And it's like, we're meant to have fun first and NFTs uh, later. Like, at, at the end of the day, like, for me, like, you're still using something that is like harmful to the environment and that this has so many negative uh, aspects regarding it that, like, I, I just simply don't care enough. Um, and again, like Davis says, like, I am part of the skeptic audience. Like, there is definitely going to be a hit at some point. Right. in the future that maybe does integrate them well mm-hmm. i just don't care for that integration whatsoever uh, if you do power to you um i would say just do more research on like its climate impact uh will mighty action heroes be that game uh i am i'm i'm pressing x to doubt on that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh quite a name too um very generic unfortunately uh for mighty action yeah. heroes i'm gonna click on it and look at it it kind of looks like um ooh, okay um, it, it kind of looks like, what was that name? Uh, God, I can't remember. It was a Xbox one arcade game. Um, you played it as action heroes, but they had funny names. So like Sylvester Stallone would be someone else. And it was like a really high action paced game. It was very, very fun. And I loved it. Um, it kind of looks like that, but a budget mobile game version of it. No offense. But uh, I am also of the mind of skeptical of specifically NFTs. The Web3 blockchain technology has fascinated me, but I still don't quite Mm -hmm. understand what it is. I understand that people use the blockchain to like verify ownership, but then like doesn't maybe but like doesn't seem to matter because people can still see your stuff. So I don't don't quite understand it. Um, Please don't describe it to me, anyone in the comments, because I read it enough i don't i don't need help but aside from a lot of this i do find it interesting that he says uh uh many such games assume everyone wants to get into crypto or cares about it requiring signs for wallets and acquiring tokens before playing the game uh blah 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 will let people access it as standard free play with a chance 
own nft i feel like that is that is definitely the way if you're an nft game that's the only way you're going to thrive there there the amount of people who have adaptive crypto is way too small to build your game around it. it this has to be a side thing until it's bigger if it gets bigger um but i kind of agree with basically everything you just said nfts aren't really my thing i don't really care yet i do think i think I think Web3 is going to be a big deal. I just don't think NFTs are going to be a big deal. I do think crypto and these kind of cryptocurrencies might have a chance in the marketplace of ideas. Clearly, they generate money and income for people. But at the end of the day, I I don't know. I'm still skeptical of of it in games because I I can't find myself caring about using this grinding and, for this sword that i can then sell to my friend for five bucks that doesn't sound fun and that's the thing like nft blockchain like it's still so nebulous that like i on its own that like how it would look like in games is still like something that we can't even like process or think about how it would look like because we just we just don't know yet so. right right another time will tell sort of thing yes yeah we would i maybe in 20 years there'll be some sort of spiral chain that is actually the big thing or something who knows who knows mm-hmm. that's the show for the week let's get into day updates your new free title for the epic game store is ring of pain starting august 25th until september 1st delay 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 hogwarts legacy will launch on february 10th 2023 for playstation xbox and pc the Nintendo Switch launch date will be revealed soon. This is, uh, by the way, a tweet from Hogwarts Legacy. Sorry. The team is excited for you to play, but we need a little more time to deliver the best possible game experience. Are you excited there for Hogwarts Legacy? Well, no. no. Oh, uh, sorry. What's the other delay? Uh, high on life as we were recording this show. No! Small, small delay. Good news that it's still coming in 2022. Mm-hmm. The bad news, I, I suppose, if you're looking forward to this game, is, is the new date is December 13th, 2022. I would argue it's a good thing getting out of late October, getting yes. out of Call of Duty's way, giving that that time and space to breathe, I think. And also just polishing up the game, making it making it better is, is I think, a, a good thing. So. so high on life, new date was, one more time, December 3rd? December 13th. 13th, 13th. So, if you're yeah. excited for High on Life, December 13th. Game Pass. That's right. I forgot about that. God damn. Uh, new Tales from the Borderlands was dated for October 24th. Uh, st- I mean, the stealthiest of stealth drops for this one. This was technically leaked, but then I believe confirmed. Uh, I think another thing we will see at Opening Night Live, very soon for the release day, we have not seen anything from this game. And then out of nowhere, we, we get this leak, and maybe maybe it's something to be excited for. Who knows? I don't, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Let's go over to... Oh, and this is quick. There's a Disney and uh, Marvel game showcase September 9th, 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. The, you know, all the regular things to watch that on. Um, uh, and there's potential... There's potentially big news there, so definitely be on the lookout for that. Uh, Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed is set to release October 18th of this year. Now, every time we get Xbox Wire's Game Pass, we read out what's coming. Now, available as of recording, Coffee Talk Cloud Console and PC, something I'm definitely interested in trying. Um, if you don't remember, I believe this was showcased on... This was showcased somewhere, I don't remember. It was a while ago, but this is a um, talking simulator about listening to the stories of alternate Seattle's inhabitants. 
from a dramatic love story between an elf and a succubus to an alien trying to understand the lives of humans. Help everyone you meet by serving up a warm drink or two. Interested. I'm definitely interested in that. Mm-hmm. Coming soon to Game Pass. Midnight Flight Express Cloud Console and PC. This is an idea at Xbox title August 23rd. This is available day one on Game Pass. I do not know too much about this, so check this out if that sounds interesting. I, I have no idea what that is. Exopunks is going to be on PC Game Pass. I did Xbox August 25th. Oh, Jesus. Opus Echo of Starsong Full full Bloom Edition. Console and PC, August 25th. All right, okay. Commandos 3 HD Remaster. I remember this game. Cloud, uh, cloud Console and PC, August 3rd. Available day one at Game Pass. <laughs> I remember that. I, I remember playing this mm-hmm. uh, on um, Xbox 360. Uh, Immortality... Cl- Cloud, PC, Xbox Series, SNX, ID at Xbox title, August 30th, available day one on Game Pass. This is a big one, Immortals Phoenix Rising, Cloud Console and PC, August 30th. Tinykin, Console and PC, ID at Xbox, August 30th, available day one on Game Pass. That is everything. Now let's get into what's leaving Game Pass. This is a good bit, this is a good bit. So this is all leaving August 31st. Elite Dangerous, Cloud, uh, cloud and Console. Hades, unfortunately, Cloud Console and PC. Mist, Cloud Console and PC. NBA 2K22, Cloud and Console. Signs of the Sojourn, Cloud Console and PC. Spiritfarer, Cloud Console and PC. 12 Minutes, Cloud Console and PC. Two Point Hospital, Cloud Console and PC. What Remains of Edith Finch, Cloud Console and PC. World War Z, Cloud Console and PC. I gotta say... I read these like every month. This has got to be the biggest, like in terms of quality, leaving the service. Yeah. Um, yeah. These are great games. I mean, gee, Spearfare, I heard great things. What Remains of Vita Finch, Masterclass game. Please play that. Elite Dangerous, I've heard good things. Hades, hate, I mean, I can't go. I mean, 10 out of 10. I love that game. It's, I mean, also, to me, it was perfect. I don't Missed, missed leaving as well. Missed is a, another great title. And then World War Z. That was a fun time. I gotta say, I, I cannot get into World War Z. <laughs> I was definitely not into World War Z. I tried it and was like, "Oh, this is just bad, Left for Dead." All right, and then let's turn it off. And no. oh, well, you're uh, that, that's right. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> it, or at least lesser quality. How about that? It was like a solid, maybe six point five, seven out of ten that I enjoyed. <laughs> just like having a beer and chilling with my friends and just playing through. Oh yeah, definitely. I played um, which one did I play? Back for Blood. That was my like War War Z. I enjoyed that. Oh, played, sure, I played that sure. with friends and enjoyed that. I didn't love the checkpoint system. That was a mess, but that was a fun game. Yeah. Uh, and almost forgot, Evil West has been delayed uh, to ensure the game reaches its full potential. This is via their Twitter. We have made a decision to delay the worldwide launch of Evil West to November twenty second, twenty twenty two. That's it. Um, former co-host Alex's very friend game. He likes that. He's very excited for that. So we will see that November twenty second now. Christian, I ask mm-hmm. at the end of every single week, my co-host, another question. That, of course, is, what do you have queued up for the weekend? This co-host me a game, a podcast, a manga that Roe showed uh, uh, us when he was on the show. This could be um, music. This could be comic, a book, anything of that nature. Sure. Tell us. What do you have queued up for the weekend? I got I got a couple. Th- Usually on the weekend, I like to get away from the house because I'm I'm always staring at my PC and 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 my my work PC and my TV like all week long. That I, I try to get out. So this weekend, I am going out bouldering with a friend. That should be a good time. What is and that? Usually, I try to bouldering. Yeah. What like is rock climbing? 
Oh, oh, thank you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I haven't heard bouldering before. That's cool. That's a well, much cooler you know, name. Bouldering. bouldering is different because, you know, you're not on a harness and depending on the wall that you're doing, it's only about maybe like 15 feet high, 15, 20 feet. Uh, so it's different. Uh, but I think, I think it's got a lot more fun. Um, a lot more freedom. You like so the I'll risk? Doing bouldering. I love the risk, but I hate the, uh, I get a lot of tears on my fingers when I go. Uh. It's like, it's, it's insane. But like, oh, the workout on the back and the forearms is incredible. So it's, it's such a great time. Uh, I'll be doing that. I usually like to get out and, and read. So I'm currently reading uh, Murakami's uh, Norwegian Wood. So I'll go out to a Ooh. coffee shop and do a little bit of reading. Uh, and then the last thing I'll do is, because of course, we got to watch some, some movies. Uh, I'm prepping for a, a show uh, sometime next week where we're, we're doing Kung Fu Cinema at Large Popcorn. So uh, the movie of the month this, uh, this month is Ong Bak. Uh, Oh, 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 fuck yeah, that. it is. I'll be watching oh, that, that is a great time. movie. Yeah. I've never seen it, so I'm excited. Oh, dude. I love that movie. That and It Man. Oh, a movie that you haven't seen that I, or sorry, that I haven't <laughs> yeah, seen that you have. Yeah, this is surprising, too. Um, yeah. Very surprising, yeah. I Oh, my God. that Umbach was like one of the first uh, foreign movies I think I ever watched, if I'm trying to remember correctly. I'm pretty sure. And I... I that was I was having so much fun. I heard it's cool. Oh god, it's so cool. That, uh, hey, uh, but hey, have you seen It Man? Yeah, It Man's great. Okay. It Man is freaking great. It yeah, Man's absolutely. Good. It Man's good. It Man's good. Aside from that, what do I have queued up for the week? Um, I'm gonna try Roller Drone because you recommended it so highly. So I definitely will be trying that out. I'm very excited. I was already kind of like on the fence, but your praises have sold me very much on the game. I'll probably just straight up buy it because I feel like there's just no way I don't like it. Aside from that. Off. $10 off, yes. Aside from that, um, continuing the movie uh, week with my wife this week. I don't think we've decided on the on the movie yet, but I mean, I've tweeted about it. You've seen the list. But Jesus, it's over. You've got, you've got too many movies to It's watch, over 50, 50 movies, I believe. Um, uh, f- uh, from Emmett, from you, uh, from a couple other people, uh, Ro, uh, Jose. I mean, this, I have plenty of movies, yeah. so I have over 50 movies to watch. Uh, maybe we'll watch Pulp Fiction. Maybe that'll be the one. Whoa! Um, have you not seen? Nope. No. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Pulp Fiction. I. I. It's one of those things. I watched as a little little kid, but I was. I was like little. Like so. I wasn't. I wasn't watching the movie. I was playing sure, with toys sure. or something. Um. Yeah. So I'll be probably maybe that one. Maybe Kill Bill. Who knows? I don't know. I'm still. I still up in the air. We'll, wow. we'll. We'll figure out what we feel. Wow. <laughs> have you seen Django? Reservoir Dogs? Any of those? Uh, Django Chained is. F- great reservoir dogs i have not um and glorious bastards i want to watch that's on there oh that's on there that's on there that's probably watch that watch watch that that one okay okay i think i think we'll be in the mood for for something like that so i and glorious bastards really high on the list because i very much want to watch that one so Inglorious bastards probably will be the one i watch i'm very excited about that one I, i hear nothing but good stuff so maybe maybe it'll be that one but uh christian i think that's all i have for you for the week Thank you so much. I have for one st- last question for you. I'm oh, sorry. oh, that's right. You had a question for me. Did you ever ask that? Is that this one? You know what? I, I, it's this one. But okay. you know what? Just for the fun of it, no conversation, just yes or no. Okay. You okay. ready? Yeah, yeah, please. Would you want the games industry to take a year off? Yeah. Perfect. Thank you. I knew you'd understand. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. We kind of already did this year, almost. Um, no, we no, had a hu- we no, had a do we had a huge drought from March really to now, right? Can you think of a 
sort of. I mean, can you think of a large game? I mean, understandably, I, I know there's a lot of indie games and things of that nature, yeah. but like, I know you said no conversation. Yeah, I'm literally putting it to a conversation, but I will say, I we almost had a year off. I mean, almost. So like That's now, debatable. Is it though? Like, I, what is yeah. what is the? I think it was a year off from AAA releases, but games were still coming out. Touche. That is a great. And even still, Switch is still coming out with with bangers. The Switch. Well, not bangers, but like <laughs> Switch had games. As well. Games had games. <laughs> the Switch had some yeah. games. Anyways, Christian, thank you so much for joining me this week. I, I, it's always I. Whenever I have you, I know it's going to be a great episode because we can talk about anything. I really appreciate you though. An hour and a half. I uh, that was uh that's about a time I figured that that embracer group story was massive. That was yeah. That probably is the largest single write up I've ever done for a show. Um, but uh, until then, where can the people find you? We covered it in the beginning of the show, but let's just in case people use timestamps or something. Where can we where can we find you? Please follow me over at ISO Christian on Twitter to keep up with all the things I'm doing. Uh, yeah, and if you're in the Portland metropolitan area. You can find me on Tinder. Swipe right. <laughs> Baby, swipe right on them. Oh, and congratulations again on your piece. Over a thousand views. That's incredible. That is incredible. You filled up almost, yeah. you filled up like a, like a, a theater. That's over. Yeah. Much, that's a milestone a, for me, Elijah. Good, congratulations. It's well worth it. It was great. Great piece. Again, I, I've Thank shared, you. I shared it. Uh, I think I shared it when it went live and I commented today. Go check it out. If you, if you haven't watched it, you'll see it. Go to my Twitter. What I replied on today in the, it's a fantastic video. Congratulations on that, man. Thank you. Thank you. Achievers, thank you so much for joining us for this Easy Achievers Game Podcast for the week. Remember, go Chief. <laughs>